Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We are in the book of Genesis, chapter 32, starting at verse 1. Wrestle with Jesus. Battle with Christ over your sins, relationships, fears, and blessings. Believers must struggle with Jesus over all the issues of their life. You need to work it all out with the Lord. Well, this is the story of Jacob and all his battles and his fears and his mess-ups and his past and his present and his future and his turmoil and his deceptions, right? The great deceiver. And I believe Jacob will have his ultimate battle in this chapter. It is his fight with the Lord God Almighty one-on-one, all alone, by himself, with God. And he must come to grips with his relationship with the Lord. So let's get ready. How does it do it? Let's get ready to rumble. The ultimate fight, right? You and God. And a lot of times we don't think like that. Why would I fight God? Oh man, you don't realize you've been fighting him and he can punch back too. He can give some body blows, some slams, knock you to the mat. I could tell you some stories. (laughs) Bring God with you on your journey. Let's read it. Genesis 32, verse 1. Now, as Jacob went on his way, on his journey, leaving his in-laws, right? Leaving a life of 20 years, he now goes back home to his daddy. This is his way. And the angels of God met him. You see, I believe in your life's journey, Maybe moving out from home, maybe moving back to home, moving to a new home, a new job, a new land, a new city. You've been traveling, but you've not been alone. Sometimes we don't even realize that God has been with us, protecting us, uh, preparing us, preserving us, providing for us. And all of a sudden, we meet up with God. All of a sudden, he manifests his presence or we become aware of his presence, and heaven has been helping. And yes, I believe we have angels that protect us, and even guardian angels. And Jacob encounters God's angels. He's not alone, and he's in a very dangerous place in his journey. I would probably call it the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, people can die here. This is crucial, what's going to come up. Verse 2, 
Jacob said when he saw them, this is God's camp. So he named the place Mahanaim, the camp of God. God lives in this desolate wilderness. And you might feel, I'm so far away from home. I live in a God-forsaken land. Oh no, God is here too, wherever you may be. And his angels are camped around us. We just need to realize it and discover heaven's presence in our lives. Verse 3, then Jacob sent messengers before him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. I think he's so excited. He wants to go back and see his parents. But you know what's back there? His old brother Esau, and he did him dirty. And he actually fled from home because his brother wanted to kill him. And so he must send messengers and emissary, peacemakers to prepare the way, scouts to scout the land and to find out, how does my brother feel about me coming back home? Was it the prodigal son and he left home and then he wants to come back and his older brother is so upset you're having a party for him and you let him back in this house and what were you thinking, dad? Verse 4, he also commanded them, saying, Thus you shall say to my Lord Esau, Don't call him my brother. Call him my Lord. Thus says your servant Jacob, Tell my twin brother, Yeah, he's older than me by like five seconds, you know. Tell him that I'm his servant. I have sojourned with Laban, you know, my father-in-law, and stayed until now, while for 20 years I've been gone from home. And now it's a long-awaited homecoming, right? Or maybe a war. Verse 5. I have oxen and donkeys and flocks and male and female servants, and I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find favor in your sight. Okay, so you messengers of mine, tell my brother, my Lord, that I'm his servant, and I'm self-sufficient. I'm rich now. I have a lot of stuff. Don't let him think I'm coming back to take more of his stuff. You know, I know I stole that birthright and that blessing, but I pretty much left with nothing. You know, you try to do it in your own efforts. You try to claim and fight for the blessings, and they go through your fingers. But then God comes through, and God blesses Jacob, and he is mega rich. I think he's way richer than if he would have stole all, you know, the inheritance. But so let my brother know, I have plenty. I'm not coming back for his stuff. I don't want him to be upset. I want to find favor. I want forgiveness. I want my brother to love me. Have you been there? Verse 6. The messengers returned to Jacob, saying, 
we came to your brother Esau, and furthermore, he is coming to meet you. Well, we have good news and bad news. Your brother is coming. That's the good news. The bad news is he's coming with an army, and 400 men are with him. He has fighting men, and they look furious. And your brother doesn't have a smile, and I don't know, maybe we should hightail it and run. This is going to be a disaster. It's like scouting out the enemy. Are you friend or foe? We need to plan ahead. How will my family receive me if I come knocking on their door? And here I am, right on your doorstep. Will they slam the door in my face? Will they throw me out? Will my family cuss at me and say, don't ever come back here again? Have you been there? Verse 7, then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And he divided the people who were with him, the flocks and the herds and the camels, into two companies. Oh my gosh. He has an army of 400 fighting men. And I'm like a shepherd with wives and children and little babies and a handful of servants, and lots of money, and lots of flocks, and lots of animals, and we're going to get creamed. Well, he is the schemer, he's the planner, he's uh, the deceptor. we got to break into two groups. So we're going to have second string will go first, those that I can afford to lose. Okay, hey, you servant, you servant, you're in that group. And then the the... First string, those are the valuable ones, my wives and my kids and my favorite servants and my more valuable animals, you stay back in the second group. So if it goes bad, the first group will get annihilated and wiped out and we'll have time to flee and we'll salvage something. We'll break into two groups. Verse 8, for he said, if Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, then the company which is left will escape. We've got to have a plan to survive and to get out of this mess. We need a diversion. You know, you are a bad servant. You go in the first group. <laughs> I can afford to lose you. You know, hopefully none of the kids, maybe have a bad boy. You've been such a bad kid. You're going to go in the first group. No, Daddy, please. <laughs> okay, stay in the second group. <laughs> Verse 9. Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and to your relatives, and I will prosper you. This is do or die. This is serious. I can lose everything. It has finally come down to prayer. God, don't forget me. 
God, I really need you now. It's really serious. And didn't you command me to come back home? Didn't you tell me you were going to bless me? Remember your promises? You were the one who sent me on this journey. Verse 10, I am unworthy of all the loving kindness and of all the faithfulness which you have shown to your servant. Have you come to that conclusion? That you're unworthy? You don't deserve it? It's not because you're this wonderful Christian? I mean, you're kind of messed up, right? And God still loves you, and he still is faithful, and he still blesses you, and he still takes care of you. Can I tell you, none of us are worthy. None of us are good enough. It's grace. It's mercy. It's love. It's the faithfulness of God. What does it say? Even when we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. It's God. For with my staff only I cross this Jordan, and now I have become two companies. You know, I remember when I fled from my brother. You know, I told dad I was looking for a wife, you know. And so I left home, and all I had was my little shepherd's stick. And that's all I had to my name. You know, not even any money in my pocket, just the clothes on my back. All alone, I traveled so far with the Lord. And look, now I'm coming back home. And I got my stick in my hand. But now I have wives and kids. And, and I'm rich and I have servants. And, and I'm like one of the richest guys in the land. Uh, from my calculations, he has become a multimillionaire. Very extremely rich. And I credit God with all my blessings. Verse 11. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, and he will come and attack me and the mothers with the children. Sometimes we're so empty, right? And then God fills us up. You know, this idea of the stick, I was also thinking of Moses. Moses leaves, what, Midian out in the desert? You know, he leaves it all behind. And he goes with his stick back to Egypt with his brother, too. And he's got his, kind of call it the stupid stick. It's just a stick. You know, it's a shepherd's stick. It's so humble. And Moses enters Egypt, but after God does his wonders and his plagues and his power, he doesn't just leave with his shepherd's stick, but he leaves with like a million Jews. He frees them from slavery. And they're not empty-handed. They leave with the treasures, the gold and the silver of Egypt. And with his stick, he parts 
the Red Sea and they escape. So you might feel, all I got is a stick in my hand. That's okay. God's going to bless you and multiply you. God, I'm so afraid. He's going to kill me. And I'm not just afraid for me. I'm afraid for my babies. He's got an army. How are we going to, I mean, I have like wives and children. How are we going to fight my brother? He's going to annihilate us. And didn't you promise us all these things? Verse 12, for you said, I will surely prosper you and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which is too great to be numbered. You can't let everything I have be destroyed. You can't allow my family to be killed. You promised me. You gave me the sand promise. You said, look at this, the grains of sand on the seashores. You cannot number them. I'm going to bless you, Jacob, and you're going to give birth to nations and countless children, the Jews, right? The Arab nations, all these incredible blessings to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and then to Jacob. You have to face your past of people pains and loss, but God will be with you. You know, I wish we could just erase it. I wish we could run from it, but no, you must face it head on with God and work through it and bring it to a close. Close that chapter. Give waves of gifts or peace offerings. Verse 13. So he spent the night there. Then he selected from what he had with him a present for his brother Esau. And here is the gift he is putting together for his Lord brother Esau. Verse 14. 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milking camels and their colts, their babies, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. And you think a bunch of animals, oh, this is great wealth. I sat down with the internet and did today's prices. Roughly, I come to about a value of $500,000 in present prices for a livestock. So he didn't go to the dollar store. <laughs> He's like, I'm taking a big chunk of my wealth and I'm giving it to my brother. $500,000 dollars in presents. And you think, what is he trying to buy love? I think he's trying to make restitution. I think he's trying to make it right. I think he's trying to pave the way. I think 
he is calculating, I can lose everything, and I better do the right thing and bring a peace offering and make things right. Verse 16, he delivered them into the hand of his servants, every drove by itself, and said to his servants, pass on before me and put a space between droves. So each grouping of animals, right? Five groups, five herds, if you will. Verse 17, he commanded the one in front, saying, when my brother Esau meets you and asks you, saying, to whom do you belong? And where are you going? And to whom do these animals in front of you belong? Then you shall say, these belong to your servant Jacob. It is a present sent to my Lord Esau, and behold, he also is behind us. Five groups. Send the animals ahead of you, and you servants walk behind the animals. Why would you do this? Because if anyone's going to die, those goats are going to go first. <laughs> An army of 400 soldiers. They're also shepherds. They're not going to kill the goats, you know, the little baby goats. They're not going to kill the sheep. Send the animals first, and then you little shepherds walk behind them. You'll be so peaceful, so quiet. They'll hear the baying and the animal noises, and they'll be, oh my gosh, we can't attack these animals. And whose animals are these? And who are you? And what, what shepherds are you? And they're all prepared, right? Oh, my Lord, are you Esau? This is from your brother. Oh, he loves you so much. He's so sorry. And look at these great gifts. But it's a parade with five floats, five bands of animals, with space in between to kill him with kindness, to win him over with gifts. Have you ever tried that strategy before? You shouldn't have said it. You shouldn't have done it. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. And here's the flowers and the card. Oh, and I forgot the chocolates. Oh, and now we're going out. But I'm still mad at you. <laughs> One gift at a time. A parade of expensive gifts. Oh, I ran away from home at 18, never to come back. My parents were so upset. I cut them off. My mom was four years later. It was my 22nd birthday. And my poor divorced mom was dying from cancer. And she said, I want to see you for your birthday. And I went to see her for my 22nd birthday. And we had dinner. Birthdays were hard for me because my parents didn't celebrate my birthdays. 
they did not give me gifts, and they forgot my birthdays. And so it was very difficult. And my mom said, I have birthday gifts for you. And it was like a little card, a little cake, and kind of dumb little cheap presents like you'd give a little kid. But I smiled, and I was gracious, and I said, thank you so much. And my mom knew it wasn't enough. I think she wanted to make up for the past. And while we were at the dinner table, she took off her wedding ring that she loved, her diamond ring, white gold, seven diamonds. It was like her most valuable thing. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.